Samuel Broden, an advocate for all things childhood, and welcome to Honoring Childhood, the podcast, where we have candid and casual conversations on childhood. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Honoring Childhood, the podcast, where we have candid and casual conversations about childhood. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode. I am so excited um, to be speaking with my friend, Jennifer Whiteford hauck and I am so happy that we made this work. So welcome, Jennifer. Thank you for being here. Thank you for making time to chat about all the things. Of course. Um, so before we start, why don't you just let everybody know who you are, where you're from, um, give them just a little bit of background. Yeah, absolutely. So I am um, a resident of the state of Kansas, and I have a farm that I live on here with my husband and my six-year-old kiddo. And so I've lived here for about three years. And prior to moving out this way, I was a classroom teacher in a Reggio-inspired school in Kansas City, Missouri, which I loved. And it was a great experience for me as an educator. And I learned so much teaching there. Um, Then when I moved, I didn't want to commute. So essentially, I um, started a job with Parents as Teachers, which for anybody who doesn't know, is a home visiting program for um, children prenatally through age five. So I get to step into the real home environments of all kinds of families every day and support parents and children where they are in their journey. So it's pretty awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, First of all, living on a farm is like one of my life dreams and to like (laughs) want a farm and then have like a farm school. It's like what I really would love to have. Um, It's definitely simmering in the background all the time, the the temptation to do such a thing. Oh, that is amazing. That is so cool. Um, But yeah, so I had kind of, everyone, I had kind of been thinking of a topic to talk with Jennifer about. And then when we were talking before we started recording, um, she was telling me some really interesting things about the work that she does with parents as teachers and what's that taught her. And so I really just want to like dive into all of that, really how that came about for you and what drew you to that and, and just what you've learned from that experience. That's sure. something that I've heard of. So I would really love yeah, to Yeah. So um, it's an international program. It's available in lots of different states. And um, so Parents as Teachers has traditionally affiliates. A lot of times they are affiliated with the school district mm-hmm. that parents reside in. Mm-hmm. And so it's a usually, um, I mean, in all respects, it's a free service that's available to families um, prenatally through age five. And so um, my job is that I get to come into families' homes, usually about once a month, and I get mm-hmm. to talk with them about um, parent-child interaction, how to interact mm-hmm. with their child. I usually bring an activity, and then we talk about um, development and just kind of where their child might be, what might be next for mm-hmm. them. And we do monitor milestones and things like that. But then also just um, helping them as a family to think about their well-being and um, things in their community that might serve them. So it's been a really great journey because previously, like I mentioned, I was a teacher in a classroom. And so, you know, you kind of get into this mindset um, really frequently that you're kind of the separate entity and that there is school and there is home. And this has given me a really great opportunity to kind of 
think more about what those relationships look like between mm -hmm. teacher and parent or caregiver. And I think one of the most interesting things is that I've recognized that a lot of both teachers and parents don't feel super supported in their relationships with one another. Mm -hmm. um, I work with a lot of families that, you know, maybe have kids in childcare or maybe they're starting preschool for the first time. And so since I've been on the other side of that, it's yeah. been really interesting for me to, to help facilitate um, conversations between parents and their, their classroom teachers, which has been cool. Yeah, that's so that's really, really cool. And that's so f interesting that you say that, because I've been thinking about this for like the last couple of weeks, just about how when we're working as classroom teachers, we sometimes, you know, are focused so heavily on the children that the the relationship with the families kind of isn't as strong as we would like it to be. And then there's always like we, you know, at least in my experience, I would feel that there was so many barriers stopping me from like creating a relationship with the family. Um, sure whether those barriers were true or just perceived by me. Um, so I think that's so interesting because I was going to ask you if the children, if any of the children that you visit are in care as yeah. well. So some of them are in lots of different types of varieties of care. So some of them might be with a grandparent during the day. Mm -hmm. um, some of them are stay at home kiddos with mom or dad. Um, I also have kids that I have seen that are in like a, a transitional place in terms of like their housing or caregiving. And then I guess one of the most unique things is that I'm also a substitute at an early childhood center um, oh, wow. in our public school. So sometimes the kids that I see in their homes, oh. I get to substitute in their classrooms, which is oh, really, wow. and know their actual teachers. So that's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. That is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, so when you when you go and you're and you're visiting these homes, are you visiting like the same families each month? You have like a group of clients that you work with. Yeah. So essentially, I have a group of families that I see every month, and so some of the families that I actually see, I, I there's a separate program here in Kansas where we work with um, the Family First Prevention Service Act grant, um, which is federal mm -hmm. funding to essentially help keep kids um, in their homes. So folks that are at imminent risk of removal um, due to like an open DCF case is what mm -hmm. we call it here in Kansas, but um, they put in services where I get to come into those homes at a frequency of maybe even once a week. Mm. And so that's been an incredible um, opportunity for me to get to experience lots of things with lots of different families. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, but I think that, I mean, primarily what happens is a lot of times we'll enroll somebody, you know, maybe right after they have a new baby and mm -hmm. I might get to see that family up until potentially their kid um, enrolls in preschool or kindergarten, which is pretty cool. Uh, so I get to have a really strong relationship with the family, which is yeah. pretty amazing, yeah. Yeah, that is really cool. Um, and you and you said that you you'll bring like activities and things. So do you so you'll work with the children and with the families or yeah. So essentially, like my role is supposed to be as a kind of a facilitator to support mm. parents in that interaction. So I might bring like something really simple. It could be um, we have like a curriculum essentially uh -huh. that we can use, but uh, I might bring just you know a really simple activity like for a young baby who's maybe just starting to sit on their own. Mm -hmm. I, a lot of my favorite activity <laughs> in the curriculum is called balls and a bowl. And so I just bring 
you know, a variety of different balls and a bowl. And I kind of talk um, to the parent about how just interacting while their baby is playing, um, you know, offers them, I talk to them about how it can be language building. This is great for their Mm -hmm. motor development. Just kind of explain um, some of the things that can happen in everyday activities. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. That is really cool. That's, that's, and that's such a great way for like, like you were saying that connection piece, right? It's just mm-hmm. like really important and just for the families to understand better kind of what's going on with their child and to have somebody there with them doing that is is really, really interesting. Um, so like when you go, are there, are there concerns that parents bring to you, uh, like things they're wondering about um, or is it more so like you're just coming in and like, oh, we're going to do this, I'm going to tell you, or are there things where they're like, I don't know what yeah. to do? Sure. So there's a lot of that. (laughs) Um, I would say that's like one of the number one, I guess, perks of a program like home visiting is that I have parents text me all the time about body training, about uh, maybe questions, like I said, with concerns with their child's teacher. Um, I mean, I've even had parents come to me with really challenging things like, hey, my electric bill is getting turned off. You know, my electricity in my house is being turned off or I'm getting evicted. I'm just helping them find community resources, um, help their child um, with, you know, things like even stuff like secure attachment, you know, just Uh, the whole gamut of anything that a parent could need support with in those early years. That's kind of like what my role is. That is so great. And that's so that's so needed. I feel like, um, that's just, that's just really, really amazing that number one, that you're able to offer support and help them find services they need, but also that they feel that level of comfort with you, um, that, that they know that they have somebody that they can, that they can reach out to that can support them in, in what they're going through. Because I mean, it's been like what three years of like collective trauma that we've all been going through, yeah, you know, absolutely, and absolutely. like how that affects children and families on top of everything else that's already happening in in everyone's life. You know, I think it's it's so important to have that. Well, and I think that that learning about how strong these relationships become has mm-hmm. made me reflect a lot on my previous practices mm-hmm. as a teacher, a classroom teacher, yeah. and like how was I communicating with families. Mm. Um, what kinds of interactions was I having with them? What was I doing to build relationships with those families? And yeah. it is just, you know, it's just really different. And so it's been really super enlightening, I feel like. That is amazing. So then I would guess that when you do your substitute teaching in the child care center, that the relationships and things that you're building there have have shifted or changed based on your experiences with the home visiting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's super interesting because I do, I know, you know, some of these kids from their homes and exciting. And then also, you know, um, I have just this point of reference for like what their everyday, Mm -hmm. you know, might look like, uh, which is great for sure. That is really cool. That's so interesting. Um, do you think that that, that having this job and doing the home visits, do you think, has it like shifted, you as a parent yourself or like, cause you know, you were talking about thinking about like, Oh, what did, you know, how did I create relationships with families back then? Like, does it make you like think differently about your relationship as, as a parent yourself? 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that it's made me reflect on a lot of um, ways that I communicate with, like, especially classroom teachers and things like that for my kiddo. Yeah. I think one of the big things, the biggest thing I've sort of taken away from this would be that I think educators are kind of forgetting that all the relationship building we do with students by offering invitations to play mm-hmm. or to, to communicate, um, facilitating a child's curiosity, um, all those pieces, empathy, curiosity, patience, yeah. respect, all of, the, all of those things are just as valuable in our relationships with their parents as it is with the children. Yes, yes. And so I think that that's something that, you know, you're you're in the thick of it, right? You're in the weeds every day with um, these little people and their needs, and you're trying to see them for who they are. But oftentimes I feel like, um, I mean, I remember I remember what it was like, you know, you would think, geez, this parent's not offering any opportunities for their kid to be independent. Or, yeah. you know, th- there was definitely like uh, veils of judgment, I feel oh, like. Um, and I do think that being in home visiting has allowed me to think more about Okay, how how am I communicating? Because mm-hmm. and this is also very strengths based practice, and so you know a lot of times classroom teachers sort of get into this space where maybe the only things they're communicating are negative things. Right, right. Your child did this today, or we had, or you know whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. Um, but when you've swapped over to this strengths based approach of communicating with other adults, you realize, oh, it's yeah. <laughs> not, not really very encouraging to only hear about the yucky parts of the day, right? Yeah, totally. And 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 that's so that's something that we deal with so much, like I feel like as classroom teachers is like we want to build a relationship with the families, but then there's like I said, these barriers that are either coming from us or from what we perceive as coming from the families. And then it does get into that mode of like, the only time I'm talking to you now is when something is going quote unquote wrong. Um, I think it would be so interesting. It would be such a, if, if, if teachers could have the experience of, and I feel like at least in my experience, I've talked about a lot with other teachers, like, Oh God, can't imagine what it's like at that kid's house or whatever. Right. Right, But it's, actually having the experience of knowing the family on that personal level and like really knowing like truly what their lived experience is, um, I think could like really shift just the practice that the teachers have with the family. And I think it would, I mean, it would do the same for the families as well. You know, Um, that's just so, I I just really, really think. I do know that in some places and and I don't know a lot about this practice but I do know it happens where sometimes especially in like a head start mm-hmm. that folks can come out and do a home visit before school starts mm. they, that teacher you know um, and I've actually one of my colleagues she was a former um, public school pre-k mm-hmm. teacher and she would do that they would have like one initial home visit with a family yeah prior to school starting. And it is, I mean, it's really amazing. And, um, you know, it's, it's very intimate and, um, certainly somebody has to feel really passionate and, Mm -hmm. 
caring about their own child to be able to invite a stranger into their home. And so that's the other thing is it's like, what a precious thing that someone's willing to invite me or welcome me into their, you know, (laughs) their private space. Exactly. Yeah. How vulnerable does that make people? I mean, clearly, you know, that's a lot. Yeah, totally. And that, that's such a great experience too, I feel like, because, you know, I, I talk a lot about, you know, starting, you know, everything that we do in this field is based on relationships, right? And so when we're talking about building relationships with families, you know, I'm always talking about like, you know, we want to make sure that we're starting this relationship off, off as soon as we're introduced to the families, as soon as we're meeting them, you know, we're building this relationship with them, but having the ability to kind of be brought into like that sacred space that they have, um, I can only imagine that the relationships that those teachers are building with these families that are now coming into their program are going to be that much more stronger than, you know, just somebody coming in and I'm not really knowing too much about what's going on at home. Um, Yeah. And I think, you know, having that initial trusting relationship with the person who cares about your child and facilitates things for your child um, mm -hmm. really does. It allows for um, the parent to feel you know, confident in their interactions. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and especially like, let's say they're stepping into a care environment or a new school for the first time, they have, you know, they can call me and they could say, Hey, you know, what do you think about this? Or I mean, I had a parent um, just not so long ago that their child had started uh, school for the first time. And he was getting a lot of like, kind of yucky notes being sent home about his behaviors. And of course, you know, I, I had come from a really different environment, um, different educational environment than clearly this child was experiencing. And so, you know, I just helped her navigate that. How are you going to communicate with this teacher about it? Um, you know, what can you do to advocate for him? Because I think a lot of times what teachers sometimes forget <laughs> is that parents are their child's first teacher, mm-hmm. right? And and their most influential and mm-hmm. long long lasting teacher and and teaching those parents or assisting them and helping to advocate for their own kid, helping to you know facilitate those challenging conversations cuz surprisingly a lot of parents feel very intimidated by their child's teacher, which I think mm-hmm. is really interesting. That is interesting because I feel like a lot of times the teachers can also feel intimidated by the families. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one of those things, right? Where you, it's like, you don't really think about that and you're like, oh, I'm intimidated by this person, but who knows how they're like, we're both feeling the same thing, right? So exactly. that's so interesting. Um, yeah. when, you, when you go and you do your substitute work and you're actually in programs like that, do you share information with other teachers about not specifically about these families, but just these ideas surrounding like what you've learned um, and how to build those relationships? So there's not a ton of time, obviously, for like chit chats. Right. <laughs> and it is hard because oftentimes I'm coming in to relieve a teacher for whatever reason. So I haven't had a ton of opportunities to talk about ways to support those relationships, though it would be... I think an incredible opportunity because 
you know, like I, I talked about how, you know, that's when we're building a relationship with a kid, <laughs> we're going to mm-hmm. use all these tools in our toolbox. And yep. um, how can those things get transferred into these relationships with uh, caregivers? I think one of the biggest things that I see um, a lack of is like, there's just like um, in the programs I see, there's not a lot of documentation. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, parents don't always really feel like they actually know what's going on. And so there's this there's this big question mark. School is a question mark and they want to know more and, but they feel, they feel that it's not their place always to ask. And then there's this perpetuated sort of like this, I feel like goes between both students and teachers, but this uh, feeling of being unsupported. Mm -hmm. So the parent feels like they're not seeing what's going on at school. So they um start to lose interest or um, or maybe even sometimes respect, right? Like, yeah, yeah, totally. care enough to put the picture on Seesaw or do the thing. Yeah. You know? And so they start to just sort of lose an interest or lose respect. Well, then the teacher in turn feels like, well, these parents don't care if yep. they're not even showing up to their conference or, yep. you know, they're not looking through the backpack or whatever the thing is. Um, And it's just this kind of cycle of like negativity where Mm -hmm. everybody needs to feel supported in those relationships and feel connected for the child's success, clearly. Um, And so it is, it's kind of an interesting thing where I'm like, it would be so great if I could just share all the things about. Yeah. Yeah. That's such like, that's such like a, a, a mind frame shift too, just like really being able to understand you know, what the families are needing and what they're looking for, right? Because as a teacher, if you're thinking one thing, this family doesn't pay attention to what I send home. This family doesn't respond to these things, right? You're thinking like, well, God, they don't even care. They're, you know, horrible parents, whatever you're thinking, right? Whatever we think to the kid. But then to know on the other hand that they're thinking maybe the exact same thing. And Mm -hmm. just, that's just such... I don't know, it just gives you a, a really special ability to be able to kind of shift um, your way of thinking and just kind of being able to see from someone else's point of view kind of what what is going on. Um, yeah, because I feel like in the classroom environment, it's always the higher by, you know, the beginning yeah. of the day, the end of the day, the pickup, and then like maybe special events. Mm-hmm. And those special events sometimes can be just also like hit or miss. You know, families are socializing. There's lots of things totally. going on. It's not totally. a really great way to to really interact. Yeah, yeah, and I definitely think that that is um, that is a shortcoming. I feel like of a, of of just the field in general is mm-hmm. kind of this this ability to offer opportunities for families and caregivers to really connect with the teachers and connect in a way that isn't rushed, number one, like you said, beginning and ending of the day, because I'm running on my way to work or wherever I'm going, I don't want to stop, or I just finished what I was doing for the day and I'm exhausted and I have no time to sit here and hear whatever it is that you're going to say. Um, Or like you said, in these special event things where either the teacher is running around and trying to get everything fixed and trying to make everything look good. So there's really no time to talk, you know, it's, it really is something that I think needs, needs a little bit more work in this kind of connection between home and school. Um, 
because the families are clearly looking for something, right? They're looking for us to help them understand their child a little bit more. And we're looking for that. We're, we're all looking for the same thing, but we're not talking about that together, right? We're both kind of having this, this wall up. Um, but yeah, that, that is, it's very, very interesting just to kind of be able to hear that and know that this is what this family of my student is looking for. And this is where I'm falling short of that and being able to kind of, kind of, uh, bridge, bridge those two things. I think one of the most interesting things that we did at the school that I worked um, at was at the beginning of the year, like part of their intake was a pretty lengthy questionnaire with a mm-hmm. lot of questions. And they were kind of, you know, in some cases, they might for to some families maybe seem intrusive yeah. or personal. And so they might just be things like, who lives in your house? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. you know, like we oftentimes have a picture of maybe what a child's, um, home environment looks like, but maybe you never knew the entire year that Uncle Bob's living in the basement. And and maybe that's none of your business. And it's clearly fine for the family to leave that out. But there's kind of those those opportunities of like, who's in your house? Like, talk to me about what your child's sleep routine is. You know, just those things that like, if you had just that little nugget, (laughs) that little nugget of information at the beginning of of that um that road you know that Mm -hmm. road of like working with a family then you could say hey i know that it said in your intake that sleep looks like this right now um, but i noticed you know so and so's tired i'm really curious how's sleep going for you you know Mm -hmm. and and then it just becomes this more natural curiosity and and exchange of like caregiving you know like that parent needs that that parent needs that caregiving approach themselves because parenting is really hard (laughs) yeah totally and i feel like too it also you know when we're building these relationships and we're creating this kind of dynamic between the families where they're trusting in us and we're trusting in them and we really are feeling like partners throughout this process i feel like that is really really helpful when and if things come up that maybe are not super positive that are going on in the program or going on in the classroom, Absolutely. Um, the parents and the families are going to be way more receptive to any type of conversation we're trying to have if they already know that I genuinely care about sure. their family and I know them on that level mm-hmm. that's deeper than just, oh, you're, you just are dropping your kid off. Because then the other piece becomes more just like a complete a feeling of trust, you know, because I feel like a lot of times, you know, there's this push in our field. So many people don't feel like they're respected as professionals. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we're all holding on to this. We've got to feel respected as professionals and and you should be, and, and we all should be. But the other, like, the thing is, is that you can be professional all day, but if you don't come off as an ooey gooey like puddle of yeah. love to these people, yeah. they're not going to trust you with their yeah. stuff. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, wow, I am just so interested in 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 the work that you do. I'm sorry, I keep saying that, but it's just very, very right. interesting. It's very interesting work because I think that it's it's just such an important piece of the work that we do that I notice that so many teachers struggle with. Um, 
because they struggle with, again, feeling that distance between the family. And then if the child of that family is behaving in a way that is quote unquote, not appropriate, then sure. there are also negative reactions to that child possibly as well, because of whatever kind of feeling we have towards this family. It's, it's this whole kind of cycle of everyone's really kind of looking for the same thing. And if we just kind of broke that down. Absolutely. I agree with that completely. That, yeah, it's, um, I want to know this is, and see, this is the problem with me keeping these episodes at 30 minutes because it's literally (laughs) minutes and it happened last night too. Um, so before we wrap up, I would like to know one thing that you could tell families something from a teacher's point of view, what they're looking for. And one thing that you could tell providers or teachers that families are looking for. Ooh, those are good questions. So I think, (laughs) I think I'll start with the, what families are looking for. And I think that that would be families are really looking for the best window into their kid's day. Mm. Families want to know that you have an innate and good knowledge of like their individual child, that they're not just another kid in your classroom. So they want that um, kind of personalized communication from you. I love that. And I think that that can come in lots of ways. And I don't think it has to be, you know, it can be really taxing for us to think about, especially somebody who's in an environment that might have two groups of half-day kiddos. Right. It look like you have 24, 28, 30 yeah. students. And that I've been there. And it is mm-hmm. hard, you know, that's hard. Um, but I think the piece of it is, is just that, you know, you have some kind of delivery system to letting them know that you really know them and that you care about not only their child's needs at school, but their family's needs at home. Yes, yes. So yeah. I would definitely say that. And then as far as like what I try to communicate, because I do frequently try to communicate (laughs) with families about what it's like, you know, from the teacher's perspective. And I just um, right now, I would say one of the biggest things that families struggle with is feeling that intimidation factor of, Mm. um, you know, they're the uh, quote unquote expert in the field and so they feel like well you know maybe I don't know what I'm talking about Uh um I try to make sure that you know teachers and parents understand that like I mentioned earlier you know they are the resident expert on their child nobody knows their child or their home environment quite Mm -hmm. like you know their um, parent or caregiver and so there just needs to be a lot of um understanding on a parent's perspective that like your teacher does want to hear from you um, and they do want that kind of communication. And I think, you know, teachers need to obviously like um, make space for that and facilitate that when it's necessary too, because like you said earlier, when those negative conversations or challenging uh, moments have to come up, um, Mm -hmm. if that trust is already there, it's just going to be so much easier. 
Those were two really great points. And I really think that there was so much that you talked about that I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people. So I just want to thank you so much for yeah. coming on here and I'm sharing so your experience. And I really, really appreciate it. I know that a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this. Um, so, yeah. So thank you so much. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, where oh, they can connect yeah. with you? Sure. So currently I'm on Instagram at to build this brain and you can find me there. Yes. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you again so much. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of honoring childhood, the podcast, be sure to subscribe, subscribe if you haven't already, and you can subscribe right where you're listening right now. And we'll see you next time. Honoring childhood. The podcast is produced and edited by Samuel Broden owned and operated by Honoring Childhood, part of the Broden brand.